Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. Acts chapter 2, verses 26 through 27. This is the Essential Bible Studies Podcast. My name is Tim Young. And my name is Josh Hodge. And I'd like to welcome you, Josh. This is the podcast that puts the aha in Bible study. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) You ever had an aha moment? Oh, I sure have. (laughs) When you're doing your Bible study? I. This one is probably one of those aha ones, right? Yes. So, real paradigm shift maybe for some people. Yeah. Could be a big change. As a teacher, actually, I like to think that I give people aha moments all the time. Ah, yeah. aha. Yeah. <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today and for the next couple of podcasts is, well, what we say in Canada here is H-E double hockey sticks, isn't is that right? I have heard that said, yes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about hell. Yes. It's a very big subject in the Bible, probably a very misunderstood subject. We have a lot of culture around us that has developed all these ideas about hell. You know, you see it even in cartoons. There's a place of burning torment or something like that, or even in literature. You might, in school, you might have heard of Dante's Inferno and, and those kind of things, which have really expanded way, way beyond anything that the Bible says about the subject and really misconstrued it. Don't you think, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. I think you see that within a lot of the churches around. They have different ideas on the word hell. And I think you actually see how it's expressed in common day language as well. It's used as an exclamation, but people really don't understand what they're saying when they say it. Right, right. That's why we say H-E- Doubles hockey sticks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Come to be a swear word. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, in the podcast, we've talked about the death state a lot and kind of some of these concepts. So if you're new to the podcast, you might want to check out some of our episodes. The one I think about is one we called We Shall Not All Sleep. We talked about the death state as being comparable to sleep, as being unconscious. Mm. We also had another one on the creation of man, which was called First Natural, Then Spiritual, which is also a good basis for kind of understanding these things. And in the first season, we actually did one on the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. So we're not going to go through that again in this subject here. We actually have a whole podcast dedicated already to this, but... You would need a whole podcast for that (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we maybe put the cart before the horse when we did that, because what we're doing here... It's really establishing more of the critical kind of basis for our understanding about hell in a biblical sense. What is the Bible really saying about this? And there's this is the tough part because sometimes you kind of have to strip away all of these things that our society around us has put on us about what it is. Just let the Bible speak for itself. Yes, that's <laughs> what we want to do. In fact, I think one of the ways to start is to search for the word hell in the Bible and, yeah. and look at its definitions, look at all of the context that it comes in. And when you look for the word hell, sometimes it's hellfire. Depending on the version you use in the King James Version, you'll see hell or hellfire. There's different Hebrew or Greek words behind it. And there's three of them in particular. There's Sheol, which is the Old Testament word. That's a Hebrew word. That's yeah. a, the Hebrew word there. And Hades, 
That's a Greek New Testament word. And then there's another one, Gehenna. You'll find it's a Hebrew word, but it's brought into the Greek as well. So these are three different words that we'll be looking at. Two of them, Sheol and Hades, we'll look at in this podcast. In another podcast, we'll look at Gehenna. But to simply put it, I think, Tim, it would be Sheol and Hades is referring to the grave or the pit. Mm. And Gehenna is actually, it's not what most people would think, but it's just referring to a location right outside of Jerusalem. And it's a place that garbage was put and fire was lit there to burn the garbage. And hence why you might have the term hellfire. All right. So there's really kind of two. Sheol Hades is one and then Gehenna is, is another one. Yes. And Gehenna is the one associated with fire. Sheol and Hades, not really associated with the fire aspect of it. It's a completely different kind yeah, of concept. Not, not at all. So you're talking about these original words in Hebrew and Greek. You know, it's interesting in the ESV, when I did like a little comparative study as we're going through this, and I looked at it in the past long ago, but I came back at it again, looking at it in different ways. It's always interesting. You, know, you always find something new. <laughs> and I was comparing the King James against the ESV. And the ESV always transliterates the word. It, where it, it's the Hebrew word sheol, they'll just put the word sheol hmm. in their passages. Yeah. So we're going to see that as we quote the passages. And then where the word Hades is used, they always transliterate it as the word Hades. But the word Gehenna, that's the one that they translate as hell hmm. all the time. So at least they're consistent that way. And they just kind of leave it up to the reader to say, well... What's shield mean? Like they're using this word shield or they're using this word Hades. Right. And when things are transliterated, it's my understanding that they are assuming it's some sort of proper noun. Oh, yeah. Is it capitalized? In the yeah, ESV? it is capitalized. Yeah. 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 So they're they're bringing over the sound of the word into the English and assuming it's a proper noun. Yeah. It's helpful that way because like the King James and some other Bibles, they take either word. And they just translate it into hell. Right. So there can be that confusion there, right? So our job, figure out what they mean. Yeah. Through some Bible passages. Yeah. Yeah. So get out your concordances and start looking at passages, right? Yeah. Where would you find it first? First occurrence? Yeah. Genesis, right? <laughs> <laughs> like most words. Yeah. It's in Genesis 37, verse 35. Like I always like to say, I think I've said it before in this podcast, the very first place a word is used, it's important. It introduces it, uh, the subject, a, a little bit. Although, you know, when it's used here in Genesis 37, 35, it's just used for the first time. And I think the text that's using it just assumes that we know what it is. <laughs> right. But we can learn some really important things here. This is actually the story of Joseph and Jacob, his father. And, of course, Joseph is sold into slavery, but his brothers make out that he's died at the hands of this animal, cruel death. And they feign that in front of their father, that Joseph is actually dead. And Jacob's response to this terrible news that he thinks his son is dead, it says that he tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his sons many days. And then Genesis 37, verse 35, all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, no, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now, 
The ESV uses the word shield here. It transliterates it for us. Do you have another translation there, Josh? Yeah, the, the King James says the grave. The grave. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So the translators knew that this place was just talking about the grave. Right. But here it's translated as the word shield. The thing is, is that other places this word is translated as hell. Right. <laughs> so if this is Jacob. He's a righteous man. And he's talking about his expectation is that he's going to go to H-E double hockey sticks. Or he's going to go to Sheol, the right. grave. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense in a way that he's going to die if it just means the grave or the pit. But if it means like a place of torment for the wicked, that doesn't make sense, right? No, it doesn't. And the New Testament comments on this man, and he's in one of the special chapters in the New Testament as a man of great faith. Right. And that's Jacob. That's what he was. So as you say, it wouldn't make sense that he was in a place of eternal torment, if that's how we are to understand this word hell. Now, there's a verse in, in the Psalms, Tim, that I think we should go to that builds on this idea and tells us that we're actually all going to this place. So mm. um, righteous, the wicked, you name it, we are all destined to die and go to Sheol. So we want to make sure we understand what Sheol is. And just like it was you know, I think we're understanding it as a place for the dead where Jacob was going, a grave. We're going to see that in Psalm 89 and verse 48. Actually, maybe verse 47 yeah. is, is worth reading as well because it says, remember how short my time is. That's true for all of us. I think we recognize yeah. that as we get older, but our time is short. And then it says, wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? It's a rhetorical question. And the answer is, well, nobody. Nobody. (laughs) We're all going to see death. But it says, shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? And that word grave, that's our word. That's Sheol, also sometimes translated as hell. Do you have that in your margin? I have a, a Bible, Tim, that has two versions. It has A.V., the authorized version, and the RV. So oh, I, can, okay. I can see that there. Okay. What's it have in the... The ESV says, who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Mm. So in other words, the grave has a power over us. Right. Yeah. We're held this, there. this place, Sheol, has yeah. a power. So simply put, everybody is going to go there, good and bad. Yeah, we're all going to die. We're all good to go to the grave. That's simply what it's saying there, right? And that the reason we're going there is it's because of our sins, right? The wages of sin is death, and yes. that's why we're there. And that has a power over us. Yeah. So sin has a power over us, but it can be forgiven by the grace of God when we come into Jesus Christ, right? That's what the whole aspect of why Jesus Christ came was to save us from this power of death that's over us. So even though this seems like a finality here, everybody's going to die, everybody's going to be in Sheol, there's an interesting passage in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 6. And this is by a faithful woman named Hannah. There's this beautiful psalm or song that she uh, sings uh, when God answers her prayer. And uh, just to read the verse, it says, This is 1 Samuel 2, verse 6. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. 
Does yours have the grave there again? It does. It does, yes. yeah. That word Sheol, though, again, is the word that's been translated as hell in other places. But the ESV transliterates it, right? Now, the interesting thing of what she says here is the order of which she puts it, which is really curious, because we would probably say the Lord brings to life and then he kills, because that's the way we experience life, right? Right, right. But she puts it reverse, and she says the Lord kills and brings to life. And then the next thing is a parallel sentence. That's often in the Hebrew, right? They love the parallelisms, and we got to get used to seeing how they repeat a phrase, different words, meaning the same thing. Mm. So death and bringing to life, or being killed by the Lord, it also says he brings down to Sheol, and he raises up. If you have your Bible antennas on, he's raising up, well, that's... That's resurrection language, isn't it? Yes, yes. That's what she's talking about. Yeah. That's why she puts it in that order. So even though we die and we're in the grave, we're in Sheol, just like Jesus Christ was there, we'll find out later, we are going to follow that same pattern and be resurrected out of Sheol, out of the grave. That's what she's talking about, right? Yeah. And so when we parallel that with the previous verse, all men mm. and women are going to the grave, well, there's still a hope of being resurrected. Right, yeah. This power of the grave will be overcome yeah. through the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Yes. What a wonderful hope. So, you know, we looked at these passages. They tell us about Sheol, hell, in a, in a certain way, but there's some very descriptive passages in the Bible, right? Yeah. About what it's like. Yeah, let's go to one of them. Psalm 6 and verse 5. And I think as we go through some of these passages, we want to ask ourselves, is there consciousness in this place, mm. in Sheol, in the grave? Well, in, in Psalm 6, verse 5, it says, In death there's no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? And you're just talking about parallel sentences. Yeah, yeah. There's another one there yeah. for in death, for in the grave. So you've got grave, which is Sheol, paralleled with death there. Yeah. But what's not happening is giving of thanks to God. Mm. You know, once you're in the grave, you don't have a consciousness. There's nothing that you can do to praise God. You cease to exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah, at a cross-reference there, we're not going to look it up, but it's Isaiah 38, verse 18, where Hezekiah says the same thing. Mm. I mean, if I go to the grave, there's going to be no praise of you in the grave. Yeah. You have to be living to give yeah. praise to God. Yes. Just, <laughs> so there's no consciousness beyond that place. Here's another one uh, that describes Sheol. It's in Job chapter 17. This is Job speaking, and he says in verse, I'll start at verse 13. This is Job 17, verses 13 through 16. If I hope for Sheol as my house, if I make my bed in darkness, if I say to the pit, you are my father, and to the worm, my mother or my sister, where then is my hope? Who will see my hope? Will it go down to the bars of Sheol? Shall we descend together into the dust? Hmm. So this is, again, where I'm using the ESV, you're using the King James. It's, it's interesting to contrast them and see, because the ESV is consistently translating this as Sheol, right. but you have the grave there. Uh, this time I have the pit. Oh, the pit. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I found too when I was going through it. it Sheol's just not the only term. I mean, the Hebrews did have a word for the grave, mm -hmm. like a tombstone. They also had another word for pit and 
they would use them all interchangeably. They were always the grave, like you six feet under kind of thing, right? This one's interesting because the description that Job is, is saying about Sheol is it's a bed in darkness. So it's a dark place. And it's a place where worms are. Well, that's maggots, right? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uncomfortable thought for all of us. And then he mentions dust. It's a place of dust in verse 16. So, And that's true, right? Yeah. Dust we are, and to dust we shall return. And so this is where Sheila is. It's just it's six feet under the ground, decaying, corruption, darkness, nothing there. And it is a place, though, that Job describes as having bars in verse 16. It's almost like a prison house, right? Mm. He calls it a house in verse 13, but he describes it as a place, but he's describing it as a place that has these bars like you're imprisoned, like you can't get out. It has a power, right, to keep us there. Exactly. So, I mean, you look at all of those terms, and we could go to the closest cemetery and actually find Sheol. It's the grave, and that's what Sheol is. It's not more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the clearest ones, Tim, is Ecclesiastes 9. Right. To talk about the death state, to talk about, okay, when you're in the grave, what's the experience like? So Ecclesiastes 9, and I think it's worth reading verse 5, actually. It says, for the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. So the dead don't know anything. And then it says, neither have they a reward. Uh, Verse 6, it says their love and their hatred and their envy is perished. And so now that we recognize we don't have any of those things when we're dead, it says, verse 10, Mm -hmm. whatever you do, do it with your might, for there's no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol, or the King James says, in the grave, where we go. And where we go, yeah, yeah. all inclusive again. Yeah. yeah. First of all, it, there's not an escaping of it. it right. It says that's where we're going. And once we're there, there's no love, hate, envy. You can't work, it says. There's no knowledge or wisdom. So we better praise God now. We better do those things now because there's no consciousness in the grave. Right on. Yeah. Those are all very clear passages. They're all stating what Sheol is like from very literal, straightforward kind of way. I think where some of the confusion comes in is that the Bible will use symbolic language sometimes. And there's a couple passages in the Old Testament that talk about Sheol as a place where these people are speaking. Mm. So, They seem really contradictory to what we've just looked at, but when you read them, you realize that it's in a prophetical, symbolic kind of way. And one of these is in Isaiah 14, where it's speaking about the king of Babylon and his punishment that he's going to die and and go to the grave, right? He's going to go to Sheol. And it's in verse 9, it says, Sheol beneath is stirred up to meet you when you come. It rouses the shades to greet you. All who were leaders of the earth, it raises from their thrones. All who were kings of the nations. All of them will answer and say to you, you too have become as weak as we, you have become like us. So this has to do with these prideful men. And there's another one in Ezekiel 32 about Pharaoh. 
very similar. Mm -hmm. But it's using this symbolic language in a mocking way that these men thought that they were immortal, like Pharaoh thought he was a god himself, right? But both Isaiah and Ezekiel mock them, saying like, even the dead people are going to say, oh, you've become like one of us. And, yeah. and Ezekiel just says, they lay in their graves with their swords behind their heads when they're done speaking. <laughs> like They're all just lying there, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So it's just like the corpses just come to life and mock right. them. It's all symbolic language. Yeah. It's not to be taken literally. And it's not in contradiction with yeah. what's been said before. I think the Isaiah 14 one's great for a couple of reasons, because it actually tells us it's going to be symbolic language. In verse 4, it says... Thou shalt take up this proverb or parable against the king of Babylon and say. And yeah, it's a parable. Yeah, right yeah. off the bat, we're being told, okay, this is a parable. There's going to be metaphors and symbolic language. Yeah. And it's worth going through this chapter and listing off all of the things that couldn't be real, like the earth is resting, the trees are rejoicing. Yeah, the trees are talking themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking trees. Yeah. But yeah, even the picture of Sheol is the same, though, in verse 11. He says to the king of Babylon, Your pomp is brought down to Sheol, the sound of your harps. Maggots are laid as a bed beneath you, and worms are your covers. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> right, that's the yeah. grave. Like, Not that's a pretty the, picture. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the destruction that, that Job talked about, right? So that's our discussion in the Old Testament, looking right. at the word Sheol. There's a lot more to look at, but that's the highlights, I guess. <laughs> yes, the highlights. So I suppose to summarize, it's the place for all the dead. It's not a place where things happen, where it's an unconscious state that people who are dead are in when they're in Sheol. Uh, but there's the, the New Testament word as well, Hades. And these are parallel words. Hades and Sheol, and we, we're going to prove that just by looking at a couple verses here. Maybe we'll go to Acts 2 to start. Acts 2 and verse 27. And so we want to look for the word Hades in this, in this particular verse. Now we say this is a parallel word to Sheol. First of all, you can look up the definition. It's very similar definition. But we have in Acts 2 a quote from the Old Testament. Mm, that's helpful, yeah. And in the Old Testament, it's the word Sheol. Yeah. And here in the New Testament, it's the Greek word Hades. So the context is it's, well, in the Old Testament, it's David talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 26, it says, Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Why? Why could David hope? Because thou will not leave my soul in hell is what the King James Version says, but that's the word Hades there. Yep. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Well, who is the holy one? This was the Lord Jesus Christ. But it actually meant that the Lord Jesus Christ was in Hades for a time. Yeah. And you would never, if Hades was for the wicked, you would never, the Jesus was the last person you would put there. Right. Uh, yet this verse indicates that he was there. He just wouldn't stay because he was a sinless man and he was resurrected. Yeah, Peter's using this as proof. He says in verse 31, He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. So there again is that idea of corruption associated mm -hmm. with Sheol or Hades mm -hmm. as being the place of the grave where there's right. worms and, and dust and, and darkness, Right. 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 So Jesus Christ experienced the same death 
that we all experience. Yes. Right. He tasted death for every man. And that's really important because he is that representative for us that he went through the same things. But like you said, he was sinless. Right. So there was no power of the grave to hold him. We talked about that power before, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So that's the connection with Jesus. And the really helpful understanding of this word Hades is the same as Sheol. And Jesus was there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but he was resurrected, right? Yeah. And what that means is because he overcame death, he now has power over death. And so when you come to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, there is this vision of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of Man in Revelation. And this is actually Jesus speaking in Revelation 1 and verse 18. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> Last book of the Bible. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start verse 17. When I saw him, this is Apostle John, I fell at his feet, this is the feet of Jesus, as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Mm. That's the ESV translation, okay. right? So you got hell there, right? Yes. Yeah, it's yep. Hades. But that's really interesting, right? Because he's talking about how he was resurrected. I died and I'm alive forevermore. That same order that Hannah had in her song back in 1 Samuel 2, 6, right? But he says, I have keys. Now, keys are use them to unlock things or lock things, right? Yes. So you have a certain power when you have a key. Yeah over coming in or out. And the Bible uses this symbology about Hades or Sheol being like a prison, that it has bars and it has gates, and that we're shut in to this death state. But Jesus has the key to unlock it yes, and to open up the graves. That's why he says, I have the keys of death and Hades. And we can see that association again between death and Hades, right? Yeah. Maybe there's our aha moment right uh -huh. there. <laughs> the Lord Jesus has the keys. He's really reversed the power. The grave had the power, and now he has the power over the grave. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. great. Yeah, wonderful stuff. So it really is liberating to kind of think about that because, you know, death is something we fear because it's such a finality. We don't know what it's like, but from the biblical perspective— we're all going to hell, but if we're in Jesus Christ, if we believe in him, if we've been baptized into his name, there's nothing to fear because he's given us a hope beyond the grave to be raised again, immortal. Right? Yes. It's yeah. fantastic. Something to rejoice over. Yeah. Now, that's the subject of Sheol and Hades. Where's the fire come into it? Because like, <laughs> most of our the, the concept that we have behind this idea of hell is there's a fire which is tormenting people, right? Yes, yes. And there is a connection between fire and hell. It's just not these words. It's right. the word Gehenna, right? Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about in the next podcast. <laughs> there we are. So yeah. you got to come back and listen to that one because that's, that's where we'll really dig into that subject. All right? Excellent. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Tim.
We're giving away free Essential Bible Study Media Kits, which include stickers, bookmarks, and business cards. This is a really cool way to share the podcast, and I wouldn't blame you if you kept some of it for yourself. I have to say this is a pretty sweet package. All you have to do is send us your mailing address using our website contact form or direct message us on Instagram or Facebook, and then wait anxiously at the mailbox for it to arrive. If you like the podcast, please just take a little bit of time and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you see stars. I love seeing stars, especially five stars. Little things like this can be a big boost for spreading these essential Bible studies. Each episode of the podcast has some special artwork associated with it. If you'd like to see it, then you should follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We post it when each new show comes out. The Essential Bible Studies podcast is sponsored by the Book Road Christadelphian Ecclesia, located somewhere in the frozen tundra of Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until next time, my dear friends, may God help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.